0: Hey, uh, thanks so much for joining me in this recording. I'm going to spend some time talking about the basics of yoga asana, the basics of yoga postures, and really what goes into an effective yoga practice. And this is applicable to both teachers and students practicing yoga. One of the main reasons why I want to go into recording this session is there's a big confusion about yoga and yoga exercise. And much of what we're presented with is yoga exercise. So there's a real focus on the body and being able to um, create the postures with the body and there's a real preoccupation with um, the physicality of the practice. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Like if that's what you want from a yoga practice, fabulous, but that's definitely yoga exercise. Yeah. So it's important that we understand the difference that that is um, largely focused on the body, creating more flexibility, creating more strength. Yoga as a practice really allows you to focus on the body, the breath, and the mind, so all three. And in fact, a really good yoga practice, we try to unify these three um, in the practice, And so when we're looking at our responsibility as teachers, we're there to teach a class and hold the space for students to bring together their body, their breathing, and their mind. And not only bring them together, but we want to move these three parts in the one direction in the same direction. And so when we look at this way of teaching and practicing, the most important thing becomes, okay, well, how do we feel the breath in the body and how do we feel the breath in the posture? And so we really need to spend some time talking about, Asana itself. And the word asana, when we look at um, the Sanskrit word, it comes from the root word um, us, to stay, to sit, or to be established. So asana, when we look at it very, very simply, is, is to sit or to be established. In Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, um, he doesn't talk a lot about asana. Uh, good point to note. Um, but the one sutra where he does mention it, and you know, certainly for beginners, the most important sutra where he mentions it, is two So chapter 2, Sutra 46. Um, And he refers to asana as having two qualities in this sutra. One is sukha, which translates to the ability to remain comfortably. So here we actually introduce this idea of time. So to stay in a position comfortably is sukha and then he also introduces this constant concept of stira, um, which translates to mean something like to be alert and or firm, to be firm and alert. So basically, he's saying in chapter two, citra forty six that. Asana, to be successful, to be considered asana, to be considered um, established, you need to have these two qualities. The ability to remain comfortably, so to be there for some time, comfortably, in an alert and firm state. And so both of these qualities need to be present. And so if we... Um, I think back to our last yoga practice and or think to some of the postures that we might um, really struggle with, we want to think, okay, well, can we come into these poses and establish these two qualities And if we can't, is it really yoga? And so when I say if we can't, maintain these qualities of remaining for some time comfortably and alert. Are you finding that you're coming into a posture and then quickly needing to come out? Do you see it a lot? In classes, where students come into a pose and then they hold it for two breaths and then it's like, oh, I'm out. They drop out. Or they drop out again and again in a pose. So you might be able to actually be there, be alert, be firm, but you haven't got the quality of time in that position and comfort in that position. Yeah? So one of the main qualities... actually missing in that scenario and then you know if you come into a particular pose for a period of time and you can hold forever and there's so much ease in that pose but then your mind is wandering going off to the groceries and what you're going to cook for dinner and what someone said at work well then the other principle is missing you don't have that alertness and you don't have that firmness there in that present moment but the comfort and the time principle is there and so you know here we here we are we've got both of these needing to be present for it to be a successful asana practice and when i say successful the issue that we have when we first start practicing is that we think success is achieving the posture and there'll be a recording um soon that'll go up explaining yoga just beyond asana and and what yoga is and that'll delve into this a little bit more. But if I can just touch on this for a, for a moment. If you're coming into a practice or, or an asana and there's so much tension in your body that you can't notice anything else, you can't notice the breath, um, and you can't notice you know the entire body and how the entire body is being impacted by this shape, all you can think about is tension Um, You probably need to practice something that's a little simpler, that it's a a little bit more accessible for you, that's going to lead you to that point eventually. It's going to actually get you the opening that you need in your body, the mobility, the flexibility, and also the level of focus and um, strength in body and mind that you need then to be able to maintain that asana successfully. Um, So something really interesting starts to happen here. As teachers, it's important that we really make it very clear that we need to accept where we are in this moment, right now. If you're injured, you're injured. If you have restrictions in your body, you have restrictions in your body. We need to accept the body, the breath, and the mind exactly as it is right now. And so that can be a very hard thing, especially when you first start teaching, to get across to your students and just on a really practical level, if you're a student listening to this, um, it's important that you actually listen to options given in a class because there are always options given in a class and explore the option that you can maintain some level of comfort in and you can remain there for some time being alert and attentive to what's happening in the whole body and with the breath. And when we first start out, the breath really is, I call it like the little safety barometer. So the breath absolutely must be there. If the breath isn't there, it's not yoga. You may as well call it acrobatics or gymnastics. I say it a lot, but it's an essential part Of yoga, because wherever whatever's happening with the mind will be reflected in the breath, and so sometimes before we even notice what's happening on a mind level, we can really pick up what's happening on a breath level, and many of our feelings that we're experiencing will be present immediately in the breathing, the breathing pattern. And so when you're in pain, if there's some pain or extreme discomfort in your body, the breath will immediately tell you. It's why ujjayi and establishing and practicing ujjayi is also important because you can then hear the breath and through that listening to your breathing, you can pick up immediately, oh, there's you know i'm overexerting myself there's some potentially some pain here because the ujjayi is interrupted it's lost i can't maintain that deep abdominal breathing it's actually said that the the breath is the bridge between the inner parts and the outer parts of our body And the breath is the bridge between the body and the mind. And so this merging of breath, body, mind is what makes yoga almost like a moving meditation. So the minute... mind goes balance is lost breath will follow body will be affected so you can see you know you're working on a gross level and anyone lo- looking from the outside in is seeing all of this gross movement but A lot of the real work is being done on a much deeper level, much more subtle level. And something to be said too for when we're working with postures, if there is an excessive amount of tension and we're pushing and pulling the body, we're not actually having a positive impact. We're not increasing flexibility and mobility. Because the chances are in that situation you've probably set off the reflexes in your connective tissue. You've just sent a message to your brain saying we're in danger of like overstretching ourselves, we're in danger here, body's overextending and everything's going to tense up to protect you. So by pushing yourself exerting yourself in that stretch, you could be actually doing harm, which is breaking one of the main principles of yoga, ahimsa. And as a teacher, all of my teachers that are listening to this, please, please, please start getting savvy to identifying in your students when and how this is happening for them. There are signs you can see, facial expressions, breathing patterns, other small little cues and signs that the body will give you that you potentially have a situation where there is a lot of um, disconnect. The yoga has been lost asana is not being established because these two qualities are not present and then really getting comfortable with as a teacher what can i do in this situation to better support this student what modification can i give what option can i give how can i help them find the connect the yoga um This really also um, introduces this idea of svadhyaya. So this self-inquiry, self-study, and it is a vital part of the yoga practice. So, you know, okay, when I do X, Y, and Z, what's, what's happening with my breath? What sensations are present in my body? Can I breathe into that? can i you know can i comfortably be with this for some time no. what types of thoughts come up is there a lot of comparison judgment doubt fear and can i come back to the breath now this is where starting simple and then exploring is a really good way to go with your teaching you certainly see it in a class like um early on just really establishing yourself with basic movements basic basic breath work with simple simple movements and then slowly building and building and building and you know when you take a movement each time you take a new movement okay well you know, where am I feeling it? What is the breath doing? And really, you know, it's like you want to become like an investigator. I'm to get your inspector gadget on. <laughs> and like what's going on here? And so it's why... You will only ever get so much out of practicing through watching a video, watching a DVD, watching a YouTube clip, yeah? Having a teacher there present who is experienced, who understands patterns of movement, who can read what's going on, who can watch your breathing pattern, and give you very specific direction, hold this, try this, move in and out, don't hold. Um, Do this posture for some time and then later we'll see how we go with that one. You know, this relationship that needs to be built between teacher-student so that you have an intelligent yoga practice that's specific for your starting point right now, where you are today. It's the most important thing. Because where your body is, what you're struggling with, where you're at, is different to the person next to you on the mat is different to the person next to them. No two bodies are the same. We don't use our bodies the same, and how we use our bodies greatly influences where they're at right now. If you are a childcare worker, working eight, nine hours, sitting on the floor, rolling around with kids, in comparison to someone who's sitting at a desk job for eight, nine hours a day behind a computer, you're going to have different issues going on going to have different patterns different things you're going to struggle with a completely different situation and you're going to need different yoga practices you're going to need different guidance you need different classes different postures different asana modifications etc so beyond that if you're a beginner, if you're just starting out, if you've done very little body work, very little yoga in comparison to someone who's been doing it for years, again, big difference. So there are going to be certain things that are going to just fall into place very easily for someone who's done, say, a lot of martial arts or yoga in the past. Um in comparison to someone who has very little body awareness and really struggles and might have a lot of you know, history of um, different aches, pains, and there might be a lot of guarding and fear around the body. So each person needing something slightly different, and it's your job as a teacher if you're listening to this, to identify and support each person where they're at. on that, um, if you're in a class as a student and your eyes are constantly open and looking around, probably not really being able to establish yoga, yeah, so it's why as a teacher I don't do the classes I teach. I don't don't demonstrate if I can help it because, again, that's what the mind does. One of the main things the mind does extraordinarily well is compare constantly, compare my body to the person next to me, compare what they can do to what I can do. And so this is why Being in a state of yoga requires that you are fully focused on your body, on your breath, on the present moment, on the movement, and bringing all of that together. And so just before I finish up, regardless of what you look like on the outside, regardless of what your body can, can't do or how it looks from an outside perspective, you can have an extremely successful yoga practice on the inside if you follow this idea of staying focused on the breath, the body and the mind, all moving in the one direction that's yoga very successful yoga and so to wrap up we need to accept where the body is right this minute accept where you are right now with all of the discomfort and the restrictions and the weaknesses and everything else as it is We need to have patience, which is often the hardest thing. Um, Patience in knowing that everything's always changing. It's not going to be the same forever. Where your body is today was different to where it's going to be tomorrow and how you're going to feel next week. And so to practice with patience, being okay, accepting where you are and knowing that it will change and knowing that through the practice, you can actually change it for the positive and really improve um, a lot of the sticky points on a, both a physical and psychological level. But we must be patient, we can't be overly forceful. Need to respect the body, and then the final thing. Very very last thing is this concept of svadhyaya or self inquiry. So really one of the key aspects of a successful yoga practice is this exploration, constant exploration. Where where am I feeling it? Where is my breath? Can I you know, hold this for some time? Be in this space breathe into this space is the mind present here if it's not do i need to come out do i need to strip this back do i need a different option do i need rest hmm it's a very intelligent and also complex practice when we first start. But once we're established, once we get over that beginning, the beginning's often the hardest. Like when we first start practicing yoga, it's always the hardest time. But once you're established, it becomes so simple, so, so simple. I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm moving, I am where I am. And I can be in my body in the present moment with my breathing. And then amazing things happen. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that was useful for both your practice and your teaching. Um, If you want to recap any of that stuff, chapter 2 sutra 46 in Patanjali's yoga sutras have a read of that and I look forward to seeing you all at the studio really soon take care bye now